Chapter 21 The stairs circled the inner pillar towards the bedrock of Underhill. This was arguably the oldest part of Underhill, and it felt more stable, though, than the halls that liked to switch places and lead Faye astray. Perhaps age settled it, and the newer parts were still young and rambunctious. She shook her head, focusing. The air was cooler at the bottom, and it smelled of cloves? She turned in a circle, trying to locate where the smell was coming from. Hey, do you smell that? High Fae senses were generally sharper than Lower Fae. Gilmore stood statue still and turned sharply to the left. He glided forward a few steps towards the statue niche situated between the second and third hallways. Casey followed curiously behind, her senses prickling uneasily. The smell of clothes, yeah, it was definitely stronger over here. He stopped a foot from the statue. It was an ancient High Fae librarian, blindfolded with a book in one hand and a quill in the other, her stone sword lying at her feet. The smell disappeared, and Casey looked around again. So the Fae had known to slather clove oil on before handling the books. Had they lingered here? Nothing lay in the statue's niche or around it. I think we can skip the first two hallways, Casey said. Nothing has been in those two before. Agreed. Gilmore held his hand out, and she laced her fingers through his. The pop of contact came, as it did every time, and his magic sizzled into her veins slowly like electric bubbles. Her stomach flipped, and she told her body to stop reacting as if they were going to have sex up against a random wall. Well, then that thought didn't help, and she scowled, concentrating. They approached the third hallway's two warding lines and crossed, letting the library's magic lick them up and down before accepting them. It took a moment each time for the library to accept Gilmore, despite his status and Casey's presence. So how had this fae tricked the library? Magical power? Some loophole that she didn't know? The shadow guardians swarmed immediately, and Casey instinctively held her, her dagger out, her fire almost blazing. Fear clawed her inside. She was half a thought from drawing on her fire and driving them away. She forced deep, even breaths into her body. Each shadow was a reminder of the monstrous shadow's construct with its gaping, hungry mouths and wrong eyes. But these were guardians, not a monster made to consume her. She couldn't reveal herself. I mean, Gilmore was right beside her. The shadows stopped, their edges blending in with each other and then back out, but slowly, like wisps of cloud, rather than a twisted, depraved version. Her breath came steadier. They creep me out, Gilmore muttered. Me too, she replied hoarsely. She loosened her tight grip on, her, on his fingers. She knew they shouldn't compliment the guardians, but she didn't care right now, focusing more on her breathing. Are you okay? No, she whispered. They remind me of the shadow construct. Ah. Uh. His power pulled at her senses, and the feeling of a storm approaching grew stronger. The shadow guardians backed up a few steps, giving them almost seven feet on all sides. Thank you, she whispered. Anything you want. His words were barely whispered but it didn't sound like he was just replying to this one comment. She flushed darker. They they weren't this close before. Only in the fourth hallway, he said in a normal voice, where the fae had done the most damage. True. She set her dagger down and searched her apron for the code. She unfolded it carefully and held it up to read in the dim light. What's that? 
I was reviewing the library's manual and there's a code for the Shadow Guardians, a way for them to communicate with the librarian, she said, eyes scanning it. Here, um, it says that they swarm for help and that you can tell what rooms need attention by their proximity as you near it. The closer they draw to the room, the more likely it is that something has happened there. The storm clouds coming feeling lessened and the Shadow Guardians drew closer again. Casey swallowed her fear. They weren't trying to eat her. They didn't have monster mouths appearing and disappearing inside their forms. They also didn't have eyes that clustered and glowed with the light of a possessed fae. She was fine. He squeezed her hand. You're okay. I'm here. She nodded and picked up her dagger, hating that it was actually reassuring to have him there. Him, in particular. They paused at each door, weaving from side to side around the hallway, watching if the guardian's behavior changed. Their nonsense language grated on Casey's ears, and her stomach twisted and churned, but it wasn't until they neared the mirror room that they drew close enough that Casey could brush them again if she reached out. Her nerves prickled. I remember this room, Gilmore said darkly. Me too. Her cheeks flushed, and she bit her lip. They are definitely closer. Does the code say anything else? No, it only indicates something happened. Could it be that we were here? Maybe, she whispered. Are you ready? He drew on his power until it felt oppressively gray inside the already dark tunnel. She put her hand on the handle, wincing at the bite of iron against her skin. He muttered a curse and pulled her back, gripping the door and leveraging it open. You forgot a glove, he snapped. Look at your hand. She hid it from his view by turning her palm against his. Well, mind you don't get entranced, she replied tartly. He cursed again, something comparing his ancestors to trolls and hers to banshees. She pulled it open. The room was the same long, narrow room with a bone warding line demarcating the doorframe from the rest of the room. The mirror sat at the back, its surface churning like a whirlpool. Gilmore's power crested against it like two weather fronts pushing on each other. Casey's ears popped. The mirror flashed lightning, and then a hazy face drifted up from the whirlpool to blink. Casey elbowed Gilmore in his hip, and he nodded. I'm protected. Shame, the mirror whispered, the sibilant sounds stretching around them, unfurling like a ribbon. Both so delicious, it hissed. Casey pulled on her fire, keeping it in her left hand to warm her dagger's hilt. Was someone else in here? Hundreds of fae have been in to see me, the mirror whispered. The almost high fae eyes glowed yellow and then green. Since you saw us last, has a fae been in here to see you? Casey asked. And what will you give me for that information? The mirror asked, eyes shifting to blue. A truth? A dare? A taste? What can you see from in here? I have eyes wherever mirrors stand. Wherever reflection meets truth, I see. The face grew clearer for a moment, then retreated. Casey blinked twice and then elbowed Gilmore for good measure. He looked down and nodded as if to prove he was fine. The crackling of his power was the same level. Can you tell us who's been stealing books? Gilmore asked. Stealing, the mirror mused. We must deal for any information. It is the way of my bonding. Hmm. 
deals were the old way. Casey had gotten a couple good hair colorings out of a deal with Coventino once, but it was notoriously tricky. More so with magic objects, especially talking mirrors. Their use had fallen off after the transition to the Fey world, and for good measure, they were dangerous. I will pay the cost, Gilmore said. No, the mirror hissed. You both must. What could a pixie have that interests you? Casey asked, her stomach twisting. A truth from each of you, the mirror suggested. Truths, Gilmore asked, glancing at her. That doesn't seem so bad. <laughs> yeah, well, he didn't have hidden fire, now did he? She shook her head. A dare instead. What are you hiding from your bow that you would choose a dare? The mirror's voice was mocking and harsh, echoing. Her cheeks flushed and she bit her tongue before she snapped that he wasn't her bow. The mirror might not be entrancing them, but it was still trying to work mischief. It's even this way, she replied. A truth from the high fae and a dare from the pixie. But both must be within our means and cannot knowingly cause us physical harm or harm to others. You will be magically bound until you complete both, the mirror whispered, blue eyes narrowing. And you will answer a question from each of us, answered to the full extent of your knowledge, Gilmore replied. So moat it be, the mirror intoned. Piercing magic swirled over the room and Casey felt it in bed in the skin above her collarbone burrowing towards her throat. And then the mirror continued, Hi, Fay, son of a queen, you stand at the brink of everything, a beloved sister as queen and a prized position as her knight to write your name in immortal glory. Tell me, what are your thoughts on pixies? Gilmore straightened his shoulders, pulling back. Pixies. He seemed to stumble over the word, and Casey concealed her flinch. He nodded. Pixies are lower fae who work in Underhill. The mirror made a tisking sound like a granny fae. A full truth isn't satisfied by a good-sounding factual sentence. I asked for your thoughts, not facts. Just answer so we can get on with this, Casey whispered. I've, well, I've... Never really thought much about pixies, to be honest, Gilmore replied, his words sounding like he was forcing himself to speak normally, but they all still rang true. If you won't tell me freely, the mirror said, then tell me what have they ever been your first choice for a collaborator, a partner, or a friend? The mirror added in a sing-song voice that curled Casey's toes and made her want to spit fire at it. No, Gilmore whispered. Not in the past. Ever considered a pixie your equal in intellect, merit, or worth? The mirror continued. I, Gilmore stuttered. I, I haven't, but I, I mean, I do. I think, I think all of they have worth and merit and in intellect. Casey didn't want to hear anymore. It was confirmation of what she already knew. He'd showed what he thought of her family with his own words. This was confirmation that whatever this electric current between them was, it was just lust. Nothing more. And she could resist that. Ask it your question, Casey prompted before the mirror could tease more hurtful words out of him. I'm, I'm sorry, Case, 
Gilmore started. Your question, she interrupted. He had chosen truth, and because the mirror had wanted truths, had chosen truths, she should have known it would hurt her. Besides us and the librarian, have you seen another fae down here in the last two weeks? Gilmore asked. Yes, the air was down here, the mirror replied. There was a push of its power against Gilmore's, but Gilmore didn't budge and the mirror's face pouted. Who else? Gilmore asked. No other fae has been to my room, the mirror replied. But to the rest of the archives, Casey added. I cannot figure out where your power comes from, little one. The mirror whispered, its eyes glowing yellow again. Casey wrenched her eyes down away from the mirrors. You haven't dealt with many pixies, have you? She asked. No, the mirror replied. We had an agreement, Gilmore snapped. Full answers. I can only see what is reflected or mirrored, the mirror huffed. I have caught snatches of another fae visiting and twisting, but nothing more than snatches of bright eyes and a long dark cape. Have you sensed this fae anywhere in particular? Casey asked. They linger long in the grand foyer, the mirror replied. Now it is my turn to give you my dare. Its eyes glared into Casey as if still seeking to pull truths out of her. You hide something, and so you must reveal your whole self, your whole truth, to one who is currently inside the library's bounds right now. Its eyes flashed blue. The words struck her like thrown daggers, making her physically flinch. She wanted to sink to the floor right there. She had supposed truth would ruin her, but this mirror had found a way to ruin her anyways. To tell the queen's son was to guarantee her exile from Underhill as some sort of exotic curiosity, a pixie fire starter, an outsider of outsiders. She kept her knees locked to not fall over. The magic it will know if you have revealed everything, the mirror warned. If you don't do this within a lunar cycle, the magic will compel you to permanently reveal yourself to everyone. Casey's head grew light. This was so much worse than some embarrassing truth about her feelings for the high fae next to her. She would rather declare her lust for him to the entire palace than this fate. The completion of the lunar cycle, she asked. Until the next full moon, the mirror replied. Fine, Casey snapped. She had 25 days. Have you seen where the librarian is being kept or seen the journey he was taken on? The mirror paused. No. That's it, Gilmore growled. You bind us with magic for no information. I never claim to have information, the mirror said, its eyes changing to a luminescent purple. Why did you think my price was so low? Low. Casey could barely think straight she was so angry. Forget this mirror, she whispered, heart pounding. Let's go, we're wasting time. I gave you all the information I had, the mirror taunted, which was exactly of no use, Casey snapped. She turned and tugged on Gilmore's hand. Let's go. Come back and see me anytime, the mirror laughed. I hope you rot in here, Casey whispered. <laughs> I'm impervious to rot, mold, water, and accidents, the mirror replied. 
Gilmore held the door open and Casey followed him out, but as it was closing, she put one foot in the doorframe and leaned in. Gilmore waited two feet away, her fingers still interlaced with his, but Casey felt numbness there. Instead, she leaned into the mirror's room and let her fury overtake her for a single reckless moment. Her living flames crawled into her eyes and she hissed, I noticed you didn't mention being impervious to fire. The mirror's whirlpool disappeared, flashing a skeletal face chained to a writhing wall of shadows. Its eyes looked shaken as she slammed the door shut, swallowing her flames down and hiding herself again.